Luckily, I'm on a, a high vibration. I'm all about peace and love. I'm not asking for love. I know I've got to earn that back, but I just want to be able to walk down the street. I want the right to be invisible again. Will you call round any time? I'd Gemma would say the same. Invisible nappy changers always get the red carpet treatment. Hey, can you bob that tray by the sink for me? My trotters are throbbing. The talk of the street. Talk of the street. The talk of the street. Talk of the street. The talk of the street. Talk of the street. The talk of the street. Talk of the street. Welcome to episode 149 of the Talk of the Street, an unofficial Cornish Street catch-up podcast that given this week unexpectedly opened up yesterday and really should have been able to come up with a better intro. I'm Gavin. And I'm a Spaniel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is a kind of, a more kind of visual gag, but, but Helen's <laughs> here, which is the longest to my mind that it's ever been. It's kind of curled over your, your headphones and coming from the back of your head over the sides right and now down so it's almost it's still beyond shoulder length actually yeah but uh, <sighs> it's like little King Charles Spaniel floppy ears as soon as I get that it's not distracting two weeks two weeks after I get that second shot I am <laughs> in the hair salon finally getting this cut what are you going to get done I don't know I don't know why I said it like that <laughs> I do <laughs> Um, take it off. You want me to take it all take off? Take it all off. <laughs> Are we still talking about my hair? <laughs> well, let's see. Ah, oh, yeah, that's like one of the things, one of the huge things, you know. Lots of people are like, oh, as soon as I'm finally vaccinated, I'm going to go and see my grandchildren. I'm going <laughs> to go, go to church. I'm going to, which is another thing I will probably do. Um, but yeah, number one on my list is. Get a dang haircut. A dang haircut. A dang haircut, y'all. I'm getting a dang haircut, y'all. All of a sudden. Yeah. I'm kind of missing my guy. The that, barber? Yeah, that I'd go and see every uh, three weeks, mm-hmm. four weeks. Mm-hmm. We'd talk about the weather. <laughs> We'd talk about... MSU Spartans uh-huh. and whatever sport they're playing at the time, uh-huh. and then we talk about nothing. <laughs> and that I was mean, it. some weather we've been having. <laughs> yep. His shops. What about those Spartans? Mm-hmm. That's it. His shop's fairly socially distanced. There's never more than one person in there at a time, but he would be really close to you. That's the issue, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that's the issue for me too because typically, when Stella and I go. You know, we're Harmony's only customers because their shop is really small too. But, yeah. Remember that one time I had to take Stella in because her hair when she got back from Connecticut was just one giant knot. <laughs> <sighs> but I, I, I spent most of the time while she was getting her hair cut outside. So, which sounds kind of awful that I was willing to sacrifice my child it does. for her hair. But... It all ended well. Nobody got COVID. We rolled the dice. Yeah. It didn't come up snake eyes. Correct. Not yet. 
knock on whatever this whatever is. that's made of. <laughs> so are you this week? Yeah, all right. You know, it's been fairly uneventful. I've been trying to do NapoRimo, but I'm a few days behind again, so I need to catch you up again. You might need to explain what that is. Oh, National Poetry Writing Month. April is National Poetry Month, and lots of poets try to write a poem a day, and they call it NapoRimo. Mm-hmm. You've done it. Done it a couple of times. Yeah, you've, you've gotten some good work out of it. Haven't done it at all this year. What we? Uh, nine days in, ten days in? Eleven days. No, no, ten days in. Tomorrow's the 11th. It's too late to stop. No, you could write ten poems this afternoon. I know you. I have faith in you. Uh-huh. Or five poems today and six poems tomorrow. How many are you up? Six or seven. You've really got to do one a day. Yeah. Well, I think I've the been... last time I did it, I had four to do the last day and it was torture, just going right, through yeah. all Right, yeah. Towards the end, you just start writing haiku after haiku after haiku. <laughs> right, but even that then becomes a bit of a slog. Yeah, yeah. I've been, like, really going easy on myself and just writing really, really rough drafts of poems That's a day. Yep. And then... You know, because I used to be like really anal retentive about it and they had to be perfect and publishable that day. Mm -hmm. And you're just going to burn out really fast if you do that. So we'll see. (sighs) How are you? You've been in a lot of training this week. I've been training this week. I'm exhausted. I'm really tiring. The way that work has been kind of going the last few months is you're in an awful lot of meetings but it's an awful lot of meetings where you don't really have to give an awful lot of your attention at least some of the time there are meetings that could very easily have been emails yeah probably <laughs> but you know there's part of the meetings where you're on and then there's part of the meetings where you're not and and you're just listening you don't really have to think very much but mm-hmm. uh, five hours of training and they gave us two 15 minute breaks mm-hmm and one of them was over lunch. Mm-hmm. And I've got a dog to walk. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was torture. Well, <laughs> comparatively so. At least the weather's been nice. Yep. Got the shorts on. Yep. That's the jeans away for another six months. Yep. No jeans, no socks. Just shorts and flip-flops for the next six months. Yeah, you need new flip-flops, so. Yeah, new sandals. My toes are bleeding quite. <laughs> yeah. Quite profusely as I was walking the dog the first day. Does that mean your shopping trip yesterday was un- unsuccessful? I got uh, trainers. I just got... Sneakers. Sneakers. Sketchers. 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 I got a pair of Sketchers. Nice. Those seem to be the unbrand round about here. Yeah, they're nice. I, a friend of mine from high school, his family started that company, so... Oh, really? Yeah. Mm. Mr. and Mrs. Sketcher. <laughs> Of the Southampton Sketchers. <laughs> Keith and Florence Sketcher. <laughs> a boy. <laughs> Lefty. And Keith. <laughs> Keith Jr. <laughs> Hi, Keith. Shall we preamble, my dear? Yes, please. Oh. <laughs> I'm open to adjectives. <laughs> Sketchy? Give us some of that sketchy Cory news. <laughs> Izzy returns. What? Kinda. 
Shirley Houston, who plays Izzy, has Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, a connective tissue disorder, so has been sheltering at home the majority of the pandemic. But she'll be back briefly and on a screen Aggie style. We wish her well and glad that she's staying safe, but it'll be nice to see at least her face at some point. I'm I'm, I'm assuming she's going to be like video chatting with Gary or something Mm -hmm. or Maria. What are we going to do about Gary? I don't think they had any active stories for her. No. At the time that uh, the COVID landed. Yeah. Basically, so you kind of miss just... her because she's not in the factory and right. stuff and not in the rovers, but there's no stories. And not visiting been... Gary in, in prison saying, where's my child support? I don't know if she did that even. I think, I think they have they have indicated that he has phoned her, but... Yeah. Yeah. And it just goes to show how kind of ridiculous it is... Um. The characters that supposedly have Im- suppressed immune systems on the show, just walking about, taking their masks off, Carla. looking at you, Seb. Carla. Tracy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just... Well, the ones in real life. People in real life with uh, HIV and other, you know, problems with having donated kidneys and stuff. Yeah. They'd be... They're staying at home. They'd be staying off the street. Yes. If they lived in it. Permanently. Mm. Well, not permanently, but as long as possible. Oh, well. I get my shot this week. You do? I'm supposed to have had it. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. If it was left to me, I'd, I'd probably never get it. But. <laughs> if it was left to you, you'd be dead already. <laughs> You're not very good at taking care of yourself. I'd be dead already. <laughs> I often think about things like that. Often. <laughs> sometimes. I have given this some thought mm-hmm. of, you know, sometimes you just blissfully go through your life and mm-hmm. you think nothing really much happened today. And mm-hmm. I wonder if there are those moments where, I wonder how close I've come to death. Uh-huh. It gives me some pause thinking, I wonder how close... If I've like been like five seconds mm-hmm. too late or too early, that would have been, it would have been a goner. Yeah. Still doesn't. Still doesn't that, spark that you, me to bed. Still doesn't spark you to call the doctors and and get a renewal of your blood pressure prescription. No. If that had been a problem, I think I would have been dead by now. <laughs> <laughs> I think not drinking really helps and eating healthier. Yeah. Which. You kind of do. <laughs> I make sure you get greens in your diet at least three times a week. Wait. <laughs> anyway. Decoration. <laughs> and further, fuck the trolls news. Oh, because I enjoyed the fuck the trolls news yes. last week. Ruxandra Porinyeko, and I'm sure I've messed butchered up. Butchered that. Probably yeah. butchered it. Yeah. Has been receiving real life abuse for what the fictional character she's been playing has been up to. Getting go back to where you came from, etc. messages and you're a monster for splitting this couple up and how very dare you and you don't deserve to be in this country and People's is dumb. People are shit. People are assholes. You never it's never um I but guess I mean, some of these even are the probably... characters on the show, I really kinda hate this that, you know, even though all of them, every single one of them, have been in a situation where they were fooling around with the wrong person. 
they're acting like Alina has just invented kissing a married man. Welcome to soap. <sighs> so frustrating. But that's ridiculous. Though. It is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's awful. You know, and I mean, I know of actors who have been bullied off of social media because of something that a, their, the character they're playing has done. The guy who's playing the new Captain America, uh, uh, he had to close down his Instagram. Hashtag not my cap. Yeah, seriously. I mean, he's not my cap, but you know. I don't it's, care. It's Wyatt Russell. It's, uh, I don't know who that is. What's his name? And Goldie Hawn's son. Kurt Russell? Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell, yeah. yes. Kurt Russell. Is it Kurt Russell? I watched Escape from New York the other day. Did you? Yeah, it's really good. It's <laughs> still really good. It holds it's up. It's great fun. I don't know if it holds up or not, but it's great fun. <laughs> yeah, I know a number of people who have been watching. It's actually ridiculously over the top. <laughs> it's still good fun. I know people are watching, rewatching Space Jam, which we did last year around this time yeah, because the so new trailer for the new Space Jams come out and it's like, well, not very good, but it's good fun. <laughs> White Walkers are in the new Space Jam movie. I don't, I still don't get this. And I, I don't get the, the supposed outrage or... And or, Pennywise. Or even why it's worth commenting on. It's just weird that these characters would be in a kid's movie. Oh, the droogs from... Well, kids are different these days. I mean, some of these things are just thrown for the adults. Right, yeah. That's, it's, it's, it's essentially like a, what it is. It's like a decent joke in a Pixar movie. Even, even, even Benny complained that it's just, you know, fan service like Radio, Ready Player One was. Oh, and don't get me started about... I thought it was really cute. The Have you seen the um, Stay Puft Marshmallow Men coming back in uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife? A movie you were really excited to see? No. Yeah. I showed it to Stella and she's like, oh my God, that's such a cash grab. They're just going after Baby Yoda. And I'm like, wow, our kids are really jaded. <laughs> anyway, back to Corey News. Yeah. <laughs> so this isn't jaded kid news. <laughs> no. I don't have a jingle for that. Finally, the show has been receiving criticism from the MS Society over Johnny's storyline and the implication that Charles Bonnet syndrome he's developed has stems from his MS. When in fact, this is highly unlikely with real sufferers of MS. Real sufferers of MS are like this rarely ever happens. This, you know, he could have both things, but one doesn't stem from the other. Uh, they've reached out to the show about their frustrations, but showrunners are reportedly unsympathetic to complaints per their own and per their own research. Then, yeah, it's it's possible that this could happen. But, you know, MS sufferers are like, you know, this isn't us. And, you know, we're very frustrated by this storyline, etc. Which I can understand. Lots of things happen in shows that I have like firsthand experience with and it frustrates me. Not as serious as MS, but, you know. Oh. I think we've all been there, yeah? Yeah, Spaniel years in particular is, <laughs> is a blight that we've we've often discussed when we see it on the shows. And that's Corey News. That's Corey News. <laughs> Our mailbag. Alien wrote in to say, with regards to Fizz and Tyrone, do you think this might turn into a kind of government information film on the fact that there is no such thing as common law marriage? That amused me. That this whole thing could just be off. One of those, if you've been affected by storylines. Uh-huh. 
And then Dr. Shan Sherman, who does the Peter and Carla deep dives with her Christy P, one of which I think is happening on Twitter on Monday afternoon. Ooh. Looks like she was able to catch Friday on the Britbox before it was taken down. Yeah. Why are you a... She better play those numbers. Seriously. Because I checked Britbox uh-huh. at least four times. Mm-hmm. And it came up with the... Um, altered schedule right. announcement because it tends to be that sometime within half an hour to an hour of the show being live in the UK or being broadcast in the UK it hits Britbox mm-hmm. but sometimes it happens really really quickly right like within five minutes of it finishing right it's never on at the same time no I've never been able to see that uh-uh. but within five minutes of it finishing so round about Back at four o'clock in the afternoon, I've checked Britbox and the episodes have been there. I was like, oh, that's nice and early. Mm-hmm. So I checked that yesterday and there was nothing. Mm-hmm. And then there was nothing. Mm-hmm. And then there was a the message. So at some point during my checking, it looks like it landed. Right. And some people were able to watch it. Or at least one person <laughs> was able to watch it. So, no spoilers, though. No spoilers, though. And even if we had watched it, I don't think we'd have included it in no. the notes because... No. Can I go by the UK right. air times? Yeah. Frustratingly short week. And now this. How dare his royal highness die on a Friday? <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome. Just enough time to talk about cheap popularity suites. Popularity sweets. Yeah. Are we talking about sweets the candy or sweets in a hotel? The former. Huh. No idea. This was Leanne accusing Steve of trying to buy Oliver's affections because all he does is plunk him in front of SpongeBob and give him some cheap popularity sweets. <laughs> I was Gavin and you were at a loss for something clever to say. Yeah. That happened that one time. That, that did happen that, that one time. Lockdown was starting to wear me down after four whole weeks. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> hilarious. <sighs> we were looking forward to a massive pork pie arriving in the mail. Yes. That was. Yes, I saw pictures of it. I was like, a oh. joy to behold. Remember that pork pie we had for Easter dinner last year? Mm-hmm. Like damn it! It was the I size of my head. I should have gotten another one instead of that leg of lamb. That leg of lamb was really nice. Though. It was really nice. Yeah, we had leg of lamb for Easter. What did you have for Easter, <laughs> listeners? <laughs> and couscous. What oh. about couscous? That was my idea. We Worked got, it well. We got a sports center alert. Did you hear that? I heard do do do. Is that what that noise is? Yeah, it's sports center. Yes, that's. How do I, a woman, know what ESPN Sports Center sounds like? That's and a very you don't, a man. Gendered, stereotypical view. Right. I'm shocked. And obviously, shocked, I tell obviously you. a joke because I'm laughing all the way through it. Yeah. Started laughing halfway through it as I thought of how am I going to dig yeah. myself out of this? I think it's more of a. I didn't American know what that thing. noise was. Well, it's been happening it forever. From? I don't know. Do you have any sports center alerts I for anything? I thought so. <laughs> Is it maybe coming from the boys' room? No, it's, it's definitely coming from the room. It happens all the time. Okay. 
Anyway. <laughs> yeah. We're talking about a big pork pie. That's yes. fine. We've covered it. And uh, asparagus. Oven roasted asparagus. I started watching Twitch. Our sponsorship with Donahue Solicitors ran out. That was a year ago. Well. Puno Zidane's head must be spinning in Spain as he contemplates exactly who's turning up to his wedding while Yasmin makes a discovery about Tim's dad's past. Ooh. Emma proves that Seb's belongings are subject to the laws of gravity just like everyone else's. And then <laughs> burdens Puri Eccles with all her woes. Eccles would never recover. R.I.P. Gemma continues to have dark thoughts while Chesney continues not to notice and Bernie is back for the third time in as many weeks. Remember that? Mm-hmm. She was kept on leaving and returning and leaving and returning. I'm glad she just... I'm glad she's there. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. Yeah. David continues to look to get his head kicked in on the assumption that it'll allow him to <clears throat> feel. <laughs> Michael and Alina have an awkward exposition-laden chat. Kelly the Chin shows up at Weddy High making Gary wonder what exactly he's paying for if she's no longer at the fancy private school. Nina, Evelyn, Mary and Toya protest something. Oliver takes a turn while watching Spongebob and Tracy is a cow. I blame um, Spongebob. Yeah. Our moment of the week, outrageously, Nina and Evelyn's first bump as they go on protest together. We were determined to have positive moments of the week at that point. Yeah. And that boring moment of the week was the Michael and Alina becoming acquainted. The show makes it very difficult to have to continue to only have positive moments of the Recently, week. Recently, yeah. Yeah. Very difficult. Very difficult. Without just, here you go, Nina. <laughs> but I wasn't even in it this week. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Take it. And that was Coronation Street. And to talk of the street, this time last year, shall we dive in? My dear. Yes, please. Obviously, a shortened week this week. Yes. So we only have uh, Monday and Wednesday to talk about. And we're going to have an elongated week next week to make up for it. Well, so what are we going to talk about to, to make it like a normal show-sized week? Well, we've talked about a pork pie. So... <laughs> Let's see if we can get other pastries involved. <laughs> Our first storyline today is just... Uh, just put us out of our misery. <laughs> On Monday, Tyrone and Fizz are getting ready for their caravan holiday. Yay! Gemma comes in and reveals that the last time she was on a caravan holiday, she got arrested. And towed away. Do you remember that storyline? I do remember that storyline. I was trying to think if we remember liked it when or not. she stumbled. Think, did we hate it? You hated it. Remember when she stumbled down the hill into that pub with all the old guys? Oh yeah. And she charmed the pants off of all of them mm-hmm. and played darts. Gemma thinks that some time away on a caravan holiday is exactly what they need. With Ty at work, Fizz reveals to Gemma that she's asked Alina to leave, and apparently Alina's considering it. But one thing's for sure. While she's still there, Ty's head is always going to get turned. Meanwhile, Alina... Totally unfair to Alina. Meanwhile, Alina has been ignored by Kirk outside the salon. And then Sally pipes in the warning that Alina likes him middle-aged, so you just watch yourself, Kirk. <laughs> just as Tyrone comes round the corner. Alina gets in a flap and drops a box of nail stuff, so Tyrone gives her a hand, much to Sally's disgust. And Kirk's confusion. Am I middle-aged? <laughs> Gemma, who is leaving Fizzies, sees Tyrone laughing and joking with Alina from across the street. Mm. And it does not land well with Gemma. No. But again, all of these people need to shut their mouths because all of these people have done, have cheated in the past. Yeah, if there's a character that, that can throw a stone in this argument, they haven't earned a place on a drama. I think Roy is the only 
only one and nina as far as we know because nina hasn't been on for very long roy and nina that's it we're talking whiter than white characters (laughs) yeah who have not cheated on a spouse or a partner or just generally been because um, roy when he well he didn't really cheat on kathy did he I wouldn't say so, no. No. So There was a little bit of um, fighting for the same. Well, I never got the real impression that Roy really cared that much about how that whole thing, mm-hmm. until he said that he really had some regrets right. about how it ended and, and whatever. Yeah. yeah, I don't think he should be really no. concerned but, about that too But much. again, Roy is not the kind of person who would say, who would shame someone and not the other partner no. involved, who's the actual one who's not single. Tyrone thought Alina was leaving when he saw her box, so to speak. But she's paid a month's rent to the salon and she won't be bullied out of her home. Ty reveals that he's glad that she's staying. It was Fizz who wants her to leave, really. But he thinks everything will be fine so long as they stay out of each other's way. And when he leaves, she totally checks out his arse. <laughs> <laughs> Fizz is coming out of Dev's with some supplies for the trip to the caravan holiday when she bumps into Sally. And she's forgotten her bag. She's saving 5p, that's (laughs) what she's doing. After some mild interrogation, Fizz says that she and Ty have high hopes for this caravan holiday and Tyrone has sworn off Romanian bombshells for life. Yeah, about that, says Sally. Who needs to keep her frickin' nose out of it. (laughs) Right. Because she doesn't... He helped her pick up a box. It wasn't like they were snogging on the street. Right. What the hell, Sally? Shut the fuck up. So when Tyrone gets home, Fizz is wondering if Alina is going to be going on the caravan holiday with them. <sighs> she wants Alina gone for good, by which she means have her killed. <laughs> and when Tyrone points out that that's not a great idea, Fizz accuses him of defending her. Ty says they can't force it leave. He's doing his best. Now, are we going on this caravan holiday or what? And miserably, Fizz nods. Mm-hmm. Later, Ty is waiting in the car when he notices that Weatherfield Immigration Services have descended on the salon. A complaint has been made saying that Alina, who I don't think has actually started the business yet, is paying people cash in hand. Someone wants rid of me, Alina muses, and Tyrone reckons he knows exactly who that is. She's getting paid cash in hand so that she doesn't have to pay taxes. I thought that she was paying people like she had employees that she wasn't paying. No. He storms back home where Fizz is waiting to go on the caravan holiday and Gemma is there for plot reasons. Ty their ang- washing machine broke again. Ty angrily accuses Fizz of shopping Alina to immigration and then Gemma pipes up. It were me what done it. She says that she did it for Fizz because she saw him and Alina getting all cosy earlier. He throws her out. Let me know when you want your kids back, says Gemma. She's getting <laughs> thrown out of their house. And Fizz looks like she's going to get Tyrone killed instead. Oblivious. Tyrone goes on a rant about Gemma and how does Chesney put up with it and Alina doesn't deserve any of that and he can't go on a caravan holiday now with all this going on and then he finally hears himself just in time because Fizz was beginning to think that Alina's feelings were the only ones that counted here. Meanwhile, a tearful Alina goes home and opens her heart to Emma who has concerns about her toes. Alina thinks that (laughs) someone hates her enough to do this to her. Emma says no one hates her but Fizz and Tyrone have been together for ages. Give it time. It'll all die down. Back at number nine, Tyrone is doing a pretty shit job of apologising, which doesn't go unnoticed by Fizz. You're stumbling over your words, you can't make eye contact, anyone would think you're in love with Alina, she says ominously. And when he looks even more uncomfortable, 
the penny drops for her. He's in love with her? He's not in love with her. He's infatuated with her and he lusts her, but not love. I don't know if he even lusts her, does he? He talks about like, he's twitterpated. He's got like the butterflies and stuff, he's, but that is not love. He's twitterpated? He's twitterpated. Was twitterpated? Did you never watch Bambi? <laughs> no. <laughs> then it's not going to make any sense to you. Twitterpated. Twitterpated. That's got nothing to do with Twitter. No. This is this is older than Twitter. No. There's things older than Twitter. <laughs> no. I guess we have to watch Bambi later. Okay. <laughs> Tyrone suddenly changes his mind. He wants to go in the caravan holiday after all. But she wants an answer to her question and she mocks him. Do you love her? Does your heart go boom, titty, boom, titty, boom? Yes, he says. Happy now? She thinks it's tragic. It's not love, it's a midlife crisis. She's not wrong. You want the truth? That's the truth, says Tyrone. He loves her and thinks that she loves him. He says he's sorry, but he doesn't want to be with us anymore. He still thinks that they can go on their caravan holiday, though, and tell the kids <laughs> when they get back. But no, yeah. there will be no caravan holiday. No. And you're telling the kids right now, she says. Yep. For once, you can be the fucking bad guy. That's right. Emma is doing her best to cheer Alina up, but Alina isn't in the mood to be cheered up, and Emma realises that she really likes Tyrone after all. Mm-hmm. Alina thinks it would be best, maybe, if she was to leave after all. Yeah. Meanwhile, Hope and Ruby are finally released and allowed to go back to Fizz and Tyrone. And they've grown. A little bit. Six inches since the last time we've seen them. God, when was the last time we saw them? I d- it was. Um, it wasn't that long ago. We saw Hope more recently than Ruby. We haven't seen Ruby since the beginning of lockdown last year. But Hope we saw briefly because there was that whole gag with the um, with uh, tracksuit. Yes, with Todd's old tracksuit and it being vintage, and Hope saying to Joseph. Yeah, I think. Yeah. There's too many kids with a, with a name that starts with a J on the show that she wants a vintage tracksuit too because he was all embarrassed. Mm-hmm. Joseph only spoke Portuguese not so long ago. <laughs> Fizz tells him that there's not going to be a caravan holiday but Tyrone has some news that he'd like to share with him and he tries to explain that this is all his fault and him and Fizz aren't getting on anymore and, and you know there's not going to be anything and stuff and, right. and things and it's and not reasons. their fault and it's not anybody's fault no 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 it's he says his, it's his fault it's, not, it's, it's my fault for, for, right. for anything that's happening here yeah. and, and, and stuff but Fizz she interrupts his mumbling it's no one's fault just sometimes people stop getting on but Tyrone's going to have to move out and we hope and Ruby are upset they don't want Fizz and Tyrone to split up no of course they don't and later Tyrone has a bag he's going to stay at Kev and Abby's for a bit and he thanks Fizz for what she said to the girls. He tells her that she's amazing. Yes, yeah, she says. Just not amazing enough. Mm-hmm. And on Wednesday, it's day one of the rest of her life and Fizz is falling apart. She reveals to Chesney that Evelyn is still gallivanting but is on her side. And Fizz also reveals that Tyrone will split up the girls over her dead body. Yeah. That surprised me. Why? Fizz has been raising that wee girl since she was very, very small and they've been sisters Ruby, Fizz is the only mother Ruby has ever really known. So, of course, they're not going to split the girls up. It's bad enough they're losing, you know, they're 
parents are breaking up, you wouldn't want to traumatize them further by splitting them up too. This is exactly what should happen. I'm, I'm glad that this is, you know, Fizz loves Ruby just as much as she loves Hope. They're both her girls. Biology has nothing to do with it. Yeah, well, the same could be said for Tyrone then. Yeah, and it is. And she says, because he asks if he can call later to say goodnight to them. And she says, you are still their dad. Chesney tries to bolster her, saying that Tyrone is kidding himself if he thinks he loves Alina. But Fizz knows that he didn't leave because of Alina. He left because of them. And meanwhile at the garage, Kev gives Tyrone some comfort that he can stay as long as he likes or until Abby is sick of the sight of him, whichever comes first. He sees Alina and tells her the latest news that he's left Fizz. The girls took it badly. Now how's about it? He's very keen, but Alina seems to have cooled on the whole idea, but they arranged to meet later to go for a walk. Yeah, I don't blame her for cooling on the idea, <laughs> considering how much abuse she's getting from everybody else on the street. Chesney and Fizz are going to the cafe when Ches sees Alina and starts shouting the odds at her, and when Tyrone comes to her defence, he starts shouting the odds at him too, calling him pathetic, carefully excising from his memory that time he twatted himself <laughs> over the head with a brick to poison she made <laughs> against Daniel. Tyrone and Alina Seriously? go back to hers. What next with us, he asks, and she doesn't know. Uh-oh. He says he can't get out of her head, his head. She makes him smile. He's a free man, he says. And at that, that point, I'm starting to... Wait a minute, you're a free man? Yeah. You were somehow imprisoned in this relationship? Yeah. Now you're free? Yeah. That's not a, that's not a great adjective to use, I don't think. No. He's a free man, he says, and I'm hated by everyone, she says. Nothing can ever happen between us, she says. And at that point, you can actually hear Tyrone shit his pants. Yeah. And that is as far as we get yeah. with that this week. Yeah. Good for Alina. I mean, that's probably not what's going to happen. They probably are going to get together because why I not? Don't know, are they? Who knows? Do you, think, uh, do you think now that he can't have Alina, he's going to try to get back with Fizz? Yes. I hope Fizz shows him the door over and over and over again. No, I, I don't see what Tyrone and Alina bring. If they're suddenly together, what larks are we going to have in the show because they, they, they are now a thing? I, Fixing cars. Because they're both fair, fairly dull characters. Aw. Right? They are. They do spreadsheets and fix cars together. Right. And Tyrone has Kev for that. <laughs> yeah, he can't shag Kev, though. Mm. <laughs> I think you'll find that he can. Uh, I don't know. I, uh... But then I guess the same could be said. What does Tyrone the Fizz bring? Well, they're kind of Jack and Vera a little bit, except there's no... Mm. That, that's kind of where I always thought that that pairing was going to develop, that they become... They become the, the couple that should have probably split up years ago, but then didn't. Mm-hmm. They still love each other, but... It's going to be Chesney and Gemma, isn't it? A couple that stays together, that really shouldn't. Yeah, probably. Actually, there's quite a few couples that are like that <laughs> on the show. <laughs> I, you know, to be fair, let's be fair and let's be honest. Still more chemistry than... Craig and Faye. What, between Tyrone and Alina? 
Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and Tyrone and Fizz still. <laughs> you know, and it, Tyrone and the empty cup that he carries <laughs> about with him. I love that uh, Evelyn is going to stay with Fizz and the girls. Yeah. You know, and Fizz says, no, we couldn't live without her. And she's my Yeah, that my was side. a really nice, uh, yeah. nice little moment. I liked that too. Who was it? Was it Chesney that was? Yeah. Oh my God, you're going to be lumbered with Tyrone's gran, but Fizz was very much... No, I couldn't live without her. Yeah, that was lovely. Yeah. And absolutely true. Absolutely true. As we said, if only she could have been on the show during all of this, none of this would have happened. Right. Uh, I... I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes. You know, and... I've I've said before and I'll say again, this storyline is much more interesting when it's about two people who have been in a relationship for on and off 20 years now, mm-hmm. kind of hitting a plateau and what do you do about that and how do you get the magic back and do you want to get the magic back and everything and, you know, what, how does, how does uh, Fizz put it? She buys her knickers in 10 packs. And I can't remember what she says about Tyrone. But, you know, the, there's no mystery there anymore. And it's like, it's kind of not acknowledging the fact that marriage isn't, and relationships aren't supposed to be all fizz, boom, clash, yep. fireworks all the time. And it's okay right. to plateau a little. That doesn't mean you don't love one another anymore. Correct. You know, so it 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 kind of feels like the show hasn't really clearly made a differentiation between just that, just people who still really love one another, but have gotten comfortable, mm-hmm. maybe a little too comfortable with one another, as opposed to we really just can't stand the sight of one another anymore and we need new things. Right. Which makes it feel more like Tyrone is just having a midlife crisis, as as some people have said, as opposed to really being in love with Alina, because we don't really think he's in love with Alina. No, of course he's not. No. He's infatuated. You know, the whole fireworks stuff, that's not love. But again, as you keep pointing out, this is a soap opera. So. Mm-hmm. I'm reminded of the Stuart Lee book where he uh, said that, like most men, he doesn't know where his underpants came from. And... <laughs> When he'd go on tour, he had cause to buy new underpants. <laughs> and when he got home, his wife found the new underpants and and just after they got married and said, are you having an affair? <laughs> Ten years later, he was going on tour again and ran out of underpants, so he had to buy some new underpants. And he went home and his wife found the new underpants and said, did you shit yourself at work? <laughs> How your relationship changes over, over the years. Yeah. Our next storyline today... Case in point, I made your vaccine. Correct. <laughs> Tim's mum about the house. There we go. On Monday... At uh, finally Rolls, we get to use that again. Yes, thank God. Oh my God. Although it is a little bit contrived because it doesn't have an awful lot to do with Tim's mum. <laughs> At Roy's Rolls, Faye tells Craig that Tim and Sally are off to Formby for the day and Craig thinks this sounds idyllic because of the squirrel park that they have there, but Faye coughs and Craig cottons on that she means to get her hole in her empty house. 
and later Faye is all dressed up to get her home when Tim's mum comes in with a bag full of musical DVDs. That's DVDs of musicals, not DVDs that play music. She's here to spend some time with Faye before she gets sent down for Twat and Adam. Faye tries to explain that she's about to get her home, but Tim's mum's having none of it. And there's a funny line about seven brides for seven brothers, how the, the lady at the store took that out. So it's supposed to be a five pack, but it's really a four pack. Why did they take that one out? Because she, she felt that it was, it, it praised sex trafficking. Oh, okay. Have They're in the middle. Seven, you, you, that, that's a joke that just goes right over your head, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> They're in the middle of the lonely goat herd when Craig arrives with his bobby hanging out and a bottle of fizz in his hand. <laughs> Rather than make a big deal of interrupting what Tim's mum is calling a girly day, he pops his bobby back in his kicks, gives Faye the vino and leaves him to it. Craig would totally be into a girly day watching musicals. Well, Coulson would totally be into a girly day watching musicals. I think Craig would as well. Craig doesn't like musicals. All of a sudden. But Coulson loves musicals. (laughs) We're then asked to believe that Craig went to the pub and spilled to Kirk about his afternoon of getting his hole being kiboshed by Tim's mum. Kirk explains that he needs to prove that he's into Faye by putting the hard yards in and keeping her company when she's watching a musical with her gran. Craig points out that it's four musicals. Oh, fuck that, says Kirk. Stay put here with me. But Craig has realised that doing what Kirk says not to do is probably the way to go. (laughs) Or what Kirk said to do the first time. So Craig goes round to Faye's again. He's pulled in a favour from Alia and got Tim's mum called in for a shift at Speeddal. (laughs) Genius, says Faye. And she heads up the stairs of Discovery, an eager Craig falling at the back of her. And there we must draw a veil over proceedings. Eager? That boy is gay. Stop trying to make him have relationships with women. It did look kind of eager. The fact that he was all excited about squirrel parks in the beginning <laughs> and really not understanding what Faye was trying to insinuate. They, they, they haven't done it yet in in the show. Right. This is the moment where they're about right. to. And I think what Craig is going to find out up the stairs of Discovery. <laughs> is that he's gay. Right. <laughs> Which is fine. Which is absolutely fine. It's the way it should be. Mm-hmm. There's something in the water on Coronation Street that makes, you know, half the male population gay. So <laughs> why not? We need more gay men on the show. It's kind of opposite of Amazonia. <laughs> if that's a thing. Is that a thing? It's Fire Island. Fire Island? Yes. Coronation Street is becoming Fire Island the- in New Jersey. Or, not New Jersey. Is it New Jersey? I can't remember. I can never remember where Fire Island is. The one with the... That was in the Caribbean. The one with the, the music festival? No. No. That's not Fire Island. It's in the US. Oh. Or Provincetown. Yes. Coronation Street is now in Provincetown. There we go. <laughs> you know about Provincetown, but not Fire Island. I don't know about either. I'm just pretending. and hoping that there are no further questions on the matter. <laughs> so cute. So that's... um, That's Craig and Faye then. <sighs> Oof. Was that just one day or did that? Yeah, that was, was just, just one day. day. Was, they, they it didn't, just felt didn't longer. Cross two days. To, did, they, did, they, did they really? <clears throat> it's good to see what happens when Craig isn't wearing a <laughs> sweater that has a question on it. <laughs> or his police uniform. Right. <laughs> I really don't have anything else to say about that. 
Yeah, the chemistry is just... <laughs> Stop trying to make this a thing, Coronation Street, because it's really not. <laughs> is it? I've seen some speculation of ways that they may break up. And Again? I'm, and I'm really rooting for them. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, moving on. I mean, well, give them a fair crack of the whip here. I think individually... Um, Faye has become like a a more interesting character, uh, certainly through COVID with the whole um, Ray Weinstein stuff, being given some good stuff to um, <coughs> good storylines. Oh yeah, Craig turning up at every um, every crime that happens on the street, with some notable exceptions. Right, like when there's it's, guns involved. It's kind of amusing. <laughs> So it's just, I just don't think, I don't think you can just pick character A and put them with character B and no. think that this is all going to work out. Yeah, it's kind of our argument about Tyrone and Alina as well. It's just well, like, it was, yeah. well, you know, we've run out of men for Alina to date. So now she's going to have to break up a relationship and be a homewrecker. You know, why? Just... Mm-hmm. Why don't we just make Alina bisexual? Since, you know, we we have no lesbians. <laughs> Give us our lesbians. <sighs> Talking of Nina, let's move on to Asha's devastating storyline. And I called it this, and I don't think Asha's really in it at all. <laughs> no, Asha's not in it at all. <laughs> on Monday, at Roy's Rolls, Nina's phone is going like a privy door in a gale. It's Nina and Seb's adorable storyline. It's Seb. This is like the one little bit of joy there was this week. Nina is trying to take things slow, worrying that Dev uh, has a point that she's responsible for Asha now being back with ITV Corey. Bollocks to that, says Roy. Thank you can't you, Roy. go out with someone just to prevent them from going out with someone else. True. And it reminds her that she was honest with Asha and she didn't lead her on, and so she's got nothing to feel guilty about. Absolutely. Wise words from Roy. Yes. Later, Seb turns up at Roy's Rose with a gift for Nina. It's an Easter egg. Yes. It's a daily, he says, and I got it for half price, so I'm not all that eager. <laughs> but he's totally eager. This is the second Easter egg that we've seen this week. There were two, e- there were two nods to Easter this week, and that's it. <laughs> That's it. Nobody else talked about Easter except for Simon and Seb. That's it. Four-day weekend. Nina, though, is really worried about flaunting the relationship in front of Asha. Behind her back, then, suggests Seb. Perhaps better not at all, says Nina. Sorry. Enjoy your egg, says Seb, and he leaves, thinking maybe he should have got his hair cut after all. And it turns out that that flippant comment had some truth in it because later Nina learned from David that Seb has an appointment to get his hair cut. He's getting a number one all over. <laughs> That's when you knew that David was not being serious. Right. You don't go from having hair that length to... A number, a number one, one all one over. over. That's what I get. There's a number one all over. And you're practically bald already. Balding. <laughs> That's practically. That means not completely... Yeah, uh, David was really good in the two storylines he shows up in this week. Is he now? Says Nina. Well, we'll just see about that. So after work, she rushes round to the barbers where Seb comes out with a beanie hat on. And it's obvious at that point that there's some subterfuge going on here. Because we've seen this before. We've seen the whole 
man with a beanie hat pretending to have gotten a haircut. And actually, he didn't really get a haircut. Remember when Daniel pulled this on Sinead? Oh, that's right. He was going to get his head shaved for charity or something. Right. Charity. That didn't (laughs) happen. So it's obvious that he's not had his haircut. And he hasn't. But it gives him an opportunity to to take off the beanie hat and and just shake the locks out. And and be in a hair shampoo commercial. It was a... Because he's worth it. Yes, It was a ruse with David and Seb to prove to Nina that haircuts aren't important. Or something. Well, Or to not worry about what people think. Right. Or whatever. Yes. You kids, says David. And it seems that the relationship is now back on again. Huzzah! That's as far as we get with that this week. Yay. No, I do really kind of like the whole Nina Seb thing. Yeah, me too. Yeah, that's that's totally am, won me over. This is a re- because this is a relationship where two people that you're like, I don't understand why they thought that this was a good idea, but it turns out that it works and they actually have chemistry together. Here is character A plunked with character B, where it absolutely does work. It works, and they have chemistry together, and it it makes sense. It's and a it's difficult nice. thing to put your finger on what the um what the difference is. Like why one would work and one doesn't. And I guess that's what chemistry is. Mm-hmm. That's that's the X factor that Simon Cowell goes on about. <laughs> yeah, I, I... I think for one thing, Sam and Nina are both really honest characters. There's no real subterfuge there. They are who they are, you know, and uh, it just works. And it, I think it this, just it, works. And I think Nina works. I, I think this is the best pairing they've put Seb in. Faye was just and Seb were just awful because they just moped around together. They did more than they were a lot, so yeah. emo together. It just it didn't work. Um, Where would you say that the banter lies? Because I think that Seb now has banter. Uh-huh. Yeah. And Nina, he smiles. Nina's always had banter. He smiles. It's so nice to see him smiling. Nina's had banter, but has given some of her banter to, to Seb. hmm And Seb, who didn't really have banter before. No, not really. Has, yeah. has good banter now. Yeah. Alina was kind of like a saviour complex for him. Mm-hmm. More than anything. She didn't have banter. She still doesn't have banter. Well, no. So. Well, she doesn't have banter in English. Yeah, she might I'm be sure if we a absolute raconteur Romanian in. in Romanian, right? Um, Talking about owls or whatever. <laughs> but you have. Uh, does Faye have banter? No. Craig doesn't have banter. No. So if there's no banter in the relationship, right? Is that what makes a difference? It's having banter. Can I say banter as many times I've said <laughs> caravan holiday this week? <laughs> oh, because Tyrone and Fizz always had good banter. Until they didn't. Mm-hmm. Until it became just Fizz laughing at Tyrone, thinking that he was attractive. Ah, but, but see, but they still do have banter because they do. because when they talk to each other, it's interesting. Yeah. Even if it's talking about bad things or right. sad yeah. things or breaking up things, yeah. it's still engaging and it's still right. It's still good to listen to. Absolutely. Hmm. hmm. We might need to anyway. write a little thesis on banter and soap <laughs> Our next storyline this morning is 
Yeah. Oh, before we do, David's involvement in that. It was cute. I liked it. It was a little left field though, wasn't it? No, because again, he pulled this with Daniel a year and a half ago. I'm just trying to think. There's no relationship between Seb and David to speak with or David and Nina to, to speak with. So why would David get involved in something that really has nothing to do with him? Well, because it had to be something with a haircut. And David is a romantic at heart. He's always been a romantic at heart. He 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 tries to play it off like he's not. But he's always been a softy for young love. I I I have no problem with with David's involvement in this. Plus he always loves a practical joke. He does. He's a practical joker. Yes. Or as I like to call him, asshole. <laughs> Our next storyline this morning, Kathy the Troll. Ugh. On Monday, Kathy goes into the cabin and again, it's dead quiet there, but she notices all the gazettes are gone and Brian admits to hiding them because he's front page news. Local shopkeeper accused of trolling grieving dad and apparently Tracy has essentially gone with both barrel, barrels in the interview. Mm. I, can't, I can take it, says Brian. You shouldn't have to, says Kathy. But later, Brian learned from David that Dev's now selling papers and greetings cards. Brian is so outraged he throws a soapy sponge at the statue of a paper boy. Whose mouth he was scrubbing. <laughs> he was enjoying that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Brian goes round to see Dev and points out that they had a gentleman's agreement. You're no gentleman, says Dev, and he refuses to stop selling newspapers. If they're not buying from me, they'll buy from Freshcoats, because one thing's from sure, no fucker is going to buy them from you. Mm-hmm. Back in the cabin, Brian and Kathy are discussing how all of this will blow over in a day or so when someone lobs a half brick through the shop window. A passing Tracy and Dev give Brian stick, telling Kathy that she could do so much better than this guy. Then Kathy can't stand it no more, what? and she confesses. What kind of asshole do you have to be after you see somebody have a brick thrown through their window? To take delight in it, even if they have wronged you at some point. Mm -hmm. Isn't this the point, Tracy, where you say, you know what? This could have hit somebody. This could have actually hurt somebody. Right. Maybe it's time to back off. Maybe this has gone too far. Maybe, yeah. And Dev, who doesn't really have a dog in this fight to take pleasure out of it as well. Mm -hmm. It just, it knocks down my love for the Allahans a little bit that Dev is being such a prick here. Yeah. Deb gets a little bit of a comeuppance later. That, this is true. That I did get an awful lot of joy I, from. I, as did I. <laughs> as did I. So Cathy confesses, it were me what were the troll, she says. Brian is innocent, so can we stop all this nonsense now? But Tracy decides to double down and says <laughs> that if you thought that this was bad before, you guys ain't seen nothing yet. Yeah, how dare you let him take the blame? Mm -hmm. with Without hearing the explanation that, well, no... That wasn't really Kathy's choice. It was Brian's choice. Mm -hmm. That Brian was being, you know, trying to be her white knight in all of this. On Wednesday, Brian is in a bad mood with Kathy as he continues to clear up the window damage. Now they're both pariahs. He calls her Spartacus and tells her to keep her fucking trap shut in future when she thinks she's having a brainwave. <sighs> fuck you, Brian. The Spartacus was funny, though. Yeah, but still, fuck you. <laughs> she goes. <laughs> you know what's hilarious? You know that uh, senator who's in the in the news a lot because apparently he was having sexual relations 
with a 17-year-old. and The one that looks like Butthead, Matt Gates. Yes, Matt Gates. Every time I see him, I just laugh because I think, that's Brian's son. Yep, <laughs> they have the same forehead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he does look like uh, Butthead, though. Who's the other one? Jim Jordan, it looks like Beavis. Beavis, yeah. Hilarious. Hilarious. <laughs> just what you want from your elected officials. <laughs> She goes into Royal Rolls just as Tracy is coming out of the toilets. <laughs> Tracy is immediately horrid to Cathy, and Cathy doesn't want any trouble and goes to leave, but Bernie tells her to sit her arse down. Cathy is her mate, and if Tracy doesn't shut her fucking mouth, she'll be wearing her coffee as an enema. Love and that. And that shut Tracy up. Yeah. You don't really wear an enema, though. And we're kind of forgetting right that uh, Bernie is kind of kind of responsible for this. For this. <laughs> right. Nobody's mentioned it. No. Cathy, when she's questioned, says that she was just drunk and she was right. annoyed. But it was Benny that was pushing her buttons. Yeah. Later, after Tracy's gone, Cathy tells Benny she just wants to be invisible again. Benny tells her to pop round any time. She and Gemma will never say no to invisible nappy changes. But it looks like Bernie's got it wrong because when Cathy does go round to see Gemma, Gemma's not happy to see her and reckons Cathy is one of those folks who's never had a kid but thinks she can give chapter and version of what everyone else is doing <sighs> wrong. Sorry, says Cathy. Crossed wires. Some things can't be forgiven, says Gemma. There's something proper nasty about you, Cathy. First of all, Gemma, that is your real name. She wasn't... No, she wasn't... It's Gemini. <laughs> she wasn't... Cathy's post didn't criticise anybody's parenting. It was speculation that Tracy was stealing money from the charity. That has nothing to do with how Tracy parents... Or Steve. And also, Kathy has been in your corner over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. Kathy has supported you and your family. Yeah. So, wind your neck in, Gemma. Why are you defending Tracy, someone you don't like? Somebody Mm -hmm. nobody likes. Why are all of these people... I mean, I guess it's because of Steve. Everybody loves Steve. Mm Mm-hmm. So Tracy just gets to join in the popularity of Steve. She lives under that umbrella a little bit. Yeah, she lives under the umbrella of the popularity of Steve, but takes every opportunity to be snipey and nasty and get her digs in. And it's just, even Tracy, the way Tracy says that Kathy is like the worst human alive and she makes her sick. I was watching that and I'm like, Tracy, you killed a man. <laughs> An abusive man, to be fair, but yeah. But still. She still killed someone you and she will murdered kill again. someone. <laughs> and you've done other awful, nasty things to people. Well, most storylines involve Tracy being nasty. a horrible bitch in one way or another. Right. Because so, it, it gets to the point where you miss it when it's not a thing, when Tracy's right. being reasonable and pleasant about something. And nice and mm-hmm. supportive. She tried to kill Steve. Let's not beat her around the bush. Right. She yeah. left him in the middle of the she desert. She tried to kill Steve and she was proud of it. She was bragging about it when she came home without him. Mm-hmm. Everybody seems to have forgotten that. <laughs> so Kathy's day gets worse later at Roy's Rolls because Alex has been sticking up for her online and has been piled on upon. Aww. Innocent people are getting hurt. Roy thinks Alex will be upset if he ends up seeing any of these messages, so Cathy promises to speak with him. She gives him a call, but he's too upset, so she leaves to go and see him, just as Amy, who appeared to turn up just to solve an outstanding cafe mystery, <laughs> says that she never meant for Alex to be trolled like this. No. Amy's going to solve this. Amy Amy, and Addie to the rescue. 
well, yeah, there has to be a reason why Amy turned up in the cafe there. Right. Well, because Amy would actually be sympathetic mm-hmm. to Alex. Tracy doesn't give a fuck about Alex. Tracy gives a fuck about no one but Tracy. And there's part of me that is, you know, it kind of seemed that the, the whole trolling thing was a one and done. Right. She does it once and then all this kind of comes crashing in. Right. And I thought that's a kind of interesting story. What was more interesting to me was if Kathy got some kind of buzz out of doing this and then right and be- ended up doing it more and more and more but that's uh, not right. what happened no instead she did it once she felt awful and now nobody is willing to accept her apology or let it go and it's it's frustrating because it's this not letting it go because let's remember tracy or kathy posted it and then lots of other people picked it up and ran with it mm-hmm. And then uh, supposedly this tide has turned and now instead of everybody piling on Tracy for supposedly stealing money, now the whole world thinks that she's angelic and would never do something like that. Mm-hmm. I still think Tracy's been skimming <laughs> off the top. I really do. I don't think Steve and Amy are involved, but I, I still f- have this feeling just the way that she's just not letting this go and taking such pleasure out of it. It makes me feel like she's hiding something. Yeah, maybe. I'll just try to like, give some kind of score to what Kathy actually said. It wasn't nice, but it wasn't... Right. It wasn't, it was, was it that bad? It was, it was just speculation. Wonder what they're doing with the money. She didn't even say, like, oh, these people are awful and horrid and are going on really expensive vacations and, you know... Walking around with expensive bags. I'm sure they're skimming off the top. She, she just doing, put the idea out there. She's just asking questions. Right. I'm just asking questions here, says Kathy. Right. On Tucker Carlson's show. <laughs> just putting the idea out. Our next uh, story. Is this a penultimate story? No, it's not. Really? No, it's not. How many? I've got three to go. I can only think of two. What am I missing? Uh, I bet you're missing the one that we're about to talk about. Oh. Todd the Prick. Oh, yeah, this is the one I was missing. <laughs> On Wednesday, Todd's getting ready for his first day at work for The Undertaker. Mary thinks that the blue tie pulls his look together. Plus, it'll be better for hiding the ashes that'll no doubt get covered in. That's something that you don't think about. No. Todd goes for the black one instead, though, because he's a total prick. He, turns <laughs> he claims up- to be a total professional. He turns up, this is why I hate Todd. He turns up with a business plan. Right. <laughs> Nobody fucking asked you, Todd. Right. This isn't, you barely got this job. Mm-hmm. Basically just because the undertaker wants to do your mother. Right. <laughs> maybe let's, maybe let's ease off on the business plan because like he gets all offended before he, before he even leaves the house that Mary insinuates that he'll be vacuuming and bringing tea mm-hmm. and he's like i'm better than that it's like fuck you, you prick. Right, he's turned up to do a job in a sector that he has no experience in right and a job that he hasn't even officially started yet right and he turns up with a business plan you'd tell him to get to fuck sorry this was a total mistake get to fuck yeah at, um because obviously i did i um paused it Mm-hmm. at the business plan right one it's of his, a pie chart one of his ideas was to introduce uh, like theme funerals like uh 
cowboys, like do a, a, a coffin that has a, cow, a kind of cowboy theme to it. And I was like, what? And I thought, surely they've just lifted this from an actual business plan online somewhere for funeral homes. So I googled a fair, fair chunk of it. But no, it seems like somebody's made this up. That uh, I can't have something to do with the West. And, like, mm. and Weatherfield, there's a lot of cowboys in Weatherfield that would be wanting a, a cowboy themed funeral. But anyway, anyway, so this is what he's done. He's turned up with a business plan Doesn't on day one. The, pie chart, though. the Undertaker's like, there's a fancy, colourful coaster for me. Mm-hmm. Pays no heed to it. And it quickly becomes apparent that Todd's main role here, as as Mary said, is to dust and to make tea. Right, yeah, he's the assistant. This mm-hmm. is what assistants do. Right. So the Undertaker's with Eileen and Roy's roles talking about Todd being a bit too Todd on his first day. <laughs> Initially, it's a quite pleasant conversation as they agree on how much of a prick Todd is with his projections <laughs> and business plans. But Eileen starts to take offence and ends up saying that her son is keen and dynamic and not a stick in the mud like his boss is. Then later, Eileen, who doesn't work at the funeral home, turns up at the funeral home to check <laughs> on Todd and apologise to the Undertaker. He offers to give her a quick tour of the place again. Just Does that mean... The- just not the back part. Right. But again, she declines and leaves. Women are a mystery to me, says to Todd. You mean my mum? Asks Todd, <laughs> as observant as ever. Uh, See, the Undertaker's cup says world's best son. Right. You know, you Todd makes this thing, oh, I'm going to inject some dynam- dynam- right, yeah. dynamism into I'm going to go in, guns blazing, and I'm going to take over this funeral home, you see? Know, you know where you, you don't really miss dynamism in a funeral home? Yeah. yeah. I, don't want, I don't want people blue sky thinking a funeral. Get that to fuck. Yeah. I mean, I can understand, you know, wanting to say, okay, well, let's, you know, maybe... Because we are in the middle of a pandemic, maybe there are, are new things we can integrate that will make it easier for people and maybe introduce some more ecological options and stuff. I can kind of understand that, but I'm sure these Cowboy are... Cowboy coffins. <laughs> yes, but I'm sure, you know, some of the things like... Not the cowboy stuff, but other other stuff are things that the Undertaker has already thought about, has already gone to conventions and, and you know, stuff. There is that he's Todd is making it like the Undertaker hasn't grown up in the undertaking business. And we're talking about the, <laughs> the disposal of dead bodies. Right. Oh, there's no fucking lasers here. And we go next door to the other funeral home who does offer lasers at a funeral. It's like, how, oh, how, there are no cowboy-themed caskets here. I'm going to take my business elsewhere because right. I want a cowboy-themed casket. And, you know, I'm sure if if a family came in and said, you know what, our granddad really loved John Wayne movies, really loved them. So we'd kind of like to, you know, bury him in a cowboy hat and, and boots. And a coffin that's shaped like he's still on the horse. <laughs> And maybe, you know, have some Western-themed music playing and stuff. And I'm sure The Undertaker could accommodate that, mm-hmm. you know? But th- really, the whole idea is to accommodate the family and what the family wants. It's like The Undertaker turning up to Todd and saying, I can think of five different ways that you can be a bigger prick than you are. <laughs> Our penultimate <sighs> storyline today. 
is Peter's liver. On Wednesday. Oh, uh, so do we think The Undertaker's finally going to get oh. into Eileen's pants? Yeah, sure. It's just <laughs> a matter think, of time. Do you think Todd's going to last very long at the funeral home? Sadly, yes, I do. Yeah. I think he's going to prove himself, which is just going to drive Ugh. me absolutely nuts. On Wednesday, Peter's home in like a half-shut knife after binging a podcast about a New York tattoo artist called Buzz. <laughs> Carla has Light to year. get to work unless... <laughs> Peter's liver's going to infinity and beyond. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> Carla has to get to work. There's Peter's liver in my boot. Unless he wants her to take a sickie. He asks her to bring back something nice and it seems that they have a wee secret plan going on. I, wasn't, and I was like, wait a minute. Because it's obvious what the secret plan is. Right, and, and everybody, like, knows, everybody knows they're engaged. They, that was like a... They had like a little family party even about it. Also, now Peter has bangs. <laughs> he looks like Gilligan. But that part it was when they split up. Right. And then they got back together. Yeah. I don't know. I do like the bangs, though. Later, Peter's back in his shawl and doing his jigsaws when Steve, who I thought was still eating humble pie. Peter, the over, fifth beetle. Over the whole Peter nearly dying thing. Gets stuck into him again. He's tired of all the drama that surrounds Peter and suggests that he's addicted to that more than he is to booze. Peter Wallowitz. <laughs> all right. <laughs> At the factory, Nick's keen to go over costings with Carla ahead of a meeting with Lucas, but upon hearing his name, Carla's out. Some other asshole can take care of that. Try Sarah. And she suggests that... Uh, and she leaves him to it. At home, Peter has called the hospital ahead of his appointment tomorrow. Steve comes in and apologises for two scenes ago. Peter appreciates that he's a liability, but he's not going to hurt Steve again, and maybe they can be mates again. Yeah, life's too short, says Steve. Like one of your mum's dresses, says Peter. <laughs> too soon? Too soon. Too soon. Which is <laughs> too soon for her moving to Spain? Because mm -hmm. they haven't killed her off yet. Not yet. <laughs> Carla gets back a little too early at the factory, so there's still some awkwardness with Lucas, who makes his excuses and leaves. Sarah doesn't appreciate having to do her fucking job, and makes it clear that now Nick's back, Carla is surplus to requirements. Carla has been surplus to requirements for about a year, and so she agrees to ask Nick to terminate her contract. At the end of the month. Meanwhile, Peter, who's been doing laps of the block with Steve, watches Lucas leave the factory while Steve whitters on about Peter and Carla being like him and Tracy. A total car crash, but it works. And yeah, fair sure. point. Carla gets home to find Steve and Peter just finishing high tea. Yes. Steve's got a towel tucked into his <laughs> collar and looks like he's enjoyed himself a little bit too much. He's even cut the crusts off the sunnies. Carla explains her uneventful day to Peter, explains about her avoidance of Lucas, and now she's going to leave the factory and look for a new challenge, thus killing the one stream of income that she and Peter have. All she wants to do is focus on him getting better and the wee secret plan that they've got going. Wink, wink. Wink, wink. And that's as far as we get with that. Which I think we were supposed to mm -hmm. find out... Friday. Friday. The fruition of this wee secret plan. That no, I think, wee secret, I think the wee secret plan is, is next week. But I, I think uh, Friday, Peter was supposed to get some news that may throw a wrench in the secret plan. Oh, yeah, he had his appointment tomorrow, didn't yes, he? Right. Yes, he did. I... Yeah, Carla, though, at the factory... She hasn't really been doing very much apart from getting the contract with Lucas and getting Sarah out of scrapes. Right. But she also slept with Sarah's husband. Yeah. And again, again, you don't see people 
Paul walking around the street throwing stones at Carla for sleeping with Sarah's husband. Even even immediately afterwards, there were people on Carla's side. Mm-hmm. So Alita snogging Tyrone, who's not actually married to Fizz, and yet people are all burn the witch at her. Mm-hmm. It's fucking ridiculous. Justice for Alina. Hashtag justice for Alina. Hashtag. Justice for Alina. Hashtag justice for Alina. <laughs> That's going to catch on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. God, it's trending already. Ah. So the whole Lucas thing, I was surprised to see him again. I thought... Mm. Well, they're still in business together. Right, but sure. But the, the fact he's been in business with but other this people is, that you never see, apart from is, Joe, Scottish Joe. This is a, an excuse for Sarah to say, maybe it's time for you to go. I'm glad that Sarah hasn't forgiven Carla. I'm glad that, right. you know, she's really the only one acknowledging the fact that Carla slept with her husband. Right. And uh, good for her. Good for her. Our final storyline today... It's Team Simon. <laughs> on Monday, Simon is looking forward to an Easter dinner with Peter and tries to talk Leanne into joining them. She avoids committing... And bought Peter an Easter egg with truffles in it. And then gets a text from her that doesn't have any booze in it. Yeah. You have to be sure of. Yes. And then gets a text from Harvey warning her that one of his associates will be coming around later. Simon wants to stay, but Leanne will warn DS Beardy about it. And she shushes him over to his dad's. DS McDreamy, you mean. <laughs> she meets DS Beardy outside the fallout outside the flat and he confirms McDreamy? McDreamy. Dreamy, son of McDreamy. <laughs> it's a reference to Grey's Anatomy, a show you never watched. Wow, you're just knocking them out of the park today. <laughs> the flat will be watched. We've got such a list of things we need to watch together now. Leanna's worried about being a grass and so DS Beardy has to remind her and the audience that they don't have enough evidence to prosecute Harvey because of plot and also confirms that her involvement will keep Simon out. When she gets home, Nick is there looking for his <clears throat> laptop charger. Mm-hmm. She tells him that he needs to go. She's expecting someone. And because she's acting shifty as fuck, he asks her what's going on. She doubles down, demands this key for the flat that he owns. She can't have him waltzing in every five minutes when she's got a new fella to impress. And amazingly, he complies, recognising that it's over between them. And as he leaves, Leanne breaks down a little bit. With Nick gone, a young Al Murray shows up posing as a plumber. He's going to be bagging up the drugs here later because their own houses are under surveillance. That doesn't really make an awful lot of sense. He's just waiting on a call to let him know that it's on. And at this, Simon comes in. Just in time, says young Al Murray. Your mum was popping the kettle on. Leanne starts questioning the young Al Murray when uh, the drugs are going to get here and where do they come from. And she couldn't be any more suspicious if she started using 1970s US cop show lingo. <laughs> Say my name, says Leanne. Call me Heisenberg. <laughs> and, young Lung, and young Al Murray... That's not the 70s. I know. And young Al Murray looks Leanne up it's and down. It's not a cop show. Either. Are you wearing a wire, he asks. And Simon shits himself, but Leanne calls his bluff and sure enough, young Al Murray was just on the wind-up. But it's like she's asking these questions and she's essentially got a notepad and pencil and a little little peaked press cap what? on. We learn that the merchandise is coming from Sulphur Keys and when young Al Murray goes for a shit, Leanne wants to go tell DS Beardy who's hiding in the bush outside. Are you crazy, says Simon? You're going to get us killed. 
So Leanne meets up with Dennis Beardy at the tram stop and after initial interference from an inquisitive Kirk, he confirms that they'll follow young Al Murray when he leaves the flat. Leanne's ordeal is almost over, he says. But when she gets back to the flat, young Al Murray tells her that there's been a change in the plan. Harvey's worried that someone's onto them, so the shipment of merchandise has been cancelled today and he's staying put with them until Harvey tells him otherwise. So on Wednesday, young Al Murray has spent the night and has heard from Harvey. He's on his way over. It's back on, which forces Leanne to throw a sickie to Imran. Young Al Murray goes off for a shower and mm-hmm. takes Leanne's phone with him. Another micromanager. It's amazing that any of them get a, day, a day's work done. Right, yeah. And it's ridiculous because she's looking shifty and she keeps looking at her phone. <laughs> and that's why he takes it. Right. Outside, Harvey arrives as Toy and Nick are chatting about Leanne taking a day off sick. Maybe it's a duvet day, says Nick, as they watch Harvey go into the flat. Wait till Imran hears about this, says Toya. <laughs> Quick to grasp up her own sister. Seriously. Harvey is ready to go to complete the deal and drags Simon along. This wasn't part of the deal, shouts Leanne. Simon was supposed to be kept out so long as she did what she was told. She's yeah, done if that. he'd only stayed at Easter dinner with his dad and Steve <laughs> and eaten sandwiches with crust cut off. She says that she's done that. Young Al Murray can vouch. Well, let's go speak with him then. And Leanne bottles it. So Simon ends up going after all. He reckons quite rightly that this is all his doing. Come on then, ramblers, he says to Harvey and young Al Murray. Let's get rambling. And the three of them jump into the car and speed off as Leanne runs to call the filth. So DS Beardy shows up, not exactly keen on Leanne's idea to call the whole thing off. They're on the cusp of bringing down this whole network or something. Simon will be treated like the rest of them, so Harvey and the crew won't know that they've been done over until much later, like at the court, at the trial that they're going to have to testify at. Mm. And later Leanne is coming out of the copy when she's accosted by Toya. Please, after all the work that Adam and Imran did for the Oliver case, all the fighting that they did for you to get your job back, tell me you're not throwing all that in their faces for a booty call, she says. <laughs> that colour puts years on you, says Leanne. And she stomps <laughs> off. I was like, oh, what oh, a cow! Burn! Simon calls Shuts Leanne. Shuts up, though. <laughs> mm-hmm. Simon calls Leanne from the police station. He explains how it went down and how they all got lifted after the deal, except Harvey, who managed to punch a policewoman in the face and escape. He knows that Leanne is a rat. He's out there, says Simon. He can't be bargained with. He can't be reasoned with. He doesn't feel pity or remorse or fear. And he absolutely will not stop ever until you are dead. But he will take a cup of tea off you if you're offering. (laughs) And you've got to think to yourself, self, Harvey's been in this a long time. Yep. He's got to be kind of smart to have stayed out of prison this long, right? This isn't like his he's been double-crossed by his number two. Right. So, so Harvey's got to think, well, I've really got to kill Leanne now, but the cops are after me. Mm-hmm. And where's the one place they'll be looking for me? Mm-hmm. I shouldn't go there. Right. But what does he do? So Leanne is desperate... <laughs> trying to collect the vital items that she needs to do a flip when Harvey literally bursts through her door. Sarah Connor, he says. <laughs> You're a grass. Leanne isn't very convincing when she pleads her innocence. Why would she grass him up when it puts her and Simon in danger? You're right, he says. It must have been Simon then. That makes total sense. Simon looked like he was expecting the raid. So Leanne has to confess after all. Me and you are going to go for a ride, says Harvey. How many stupid points for Harvey returning to someone that he suspects of being a police informant on the day that he gets raided? Right. A million stupid points. All right. 
Harvey tries to bundle Leanne at the back of the Range Rover, but because he's observing social distancing, he has to ask her to comply, which gives the armed cops time to descend and to lift him. Right. Armed cops. Armed cops moving slowly. In Coronation Street. Armed cops. I gasped. We've had them before. Have we? Yeah, remember we had armed cops at uh, the feeling. Oh, that's right. And, uh, Not very often, though. And they took Roy's word for it. All armed cops took Roy's word that uh, Pat Feeling's in there and blah, 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 blah. And so, right. oh, okay, so they don't have to have, have our guns out after all. Right. I- <laughs> So still, it's not. It's it doesn't happen. Very often. It doesn't happen very often. So it's kind of shocking when it when it does because the show is based in the UK and not mm-hmm. the United States of America. Harvey swears that he will get his revenge in this world or the next. <laughs> and then later, DS Beard is at the flat thanking Leanne. They've got Harvey off the streets for hopefully a very long time. Although they will be needing a statement from her tomorrow. He offers her police protection until the trial, which could be months away. Leanne doesn't care. She just wants Simon back. She knows what she needs to do after that, she says somewhat ominously. Meanwhile, outside, Dev is getting lifted as a possible accessory to all this, <laughs> which is quite funny. It's like, no, no, we, we deliver chips and fish. Simon, tell them that Simon, we deliver fish. fish and chips and sometimes a battered sausage. Right. Fish, cod. That was hilarious. I loved it. I loved every second of it. And it's like... It was so throwaway. The fact that all of this has been happening under Dev's nose in a a business that he owns, but obviously does not care about as much as the shop. There's the the, the opposite of micromanagement. Right. Here's what happens when you... It's hilarious because he micromanages. He micromanages his other two businesses. Mm-hmm. Maybe instead of uh, oh, I don't know, entering the business of selling newspapers, Dev, if that is your real name, you should have been paying attention to what's going on in your chip shop, For chips, sir, and cod, Fish. and sometimes a battered sausage. Yeah, sometimes a battered sausage, Dev, you filthy weevil. <laughs> When Simon gets home, Leanne's plan is to speak to the police tomorrow and then do a run or somewhere. Simon doesn't need any more detail than that. He's in. He just wants the two of them to be safe. Well, he does say, where? And she doesn't know. She doesn't know. That's fine. fine. That's information okay. that I don't, I don't need right now. Later, Toya turns up at the flat. She's heard from Imran that Simon got lifted for drug dealing. What the hell's going on, Lee? So Leanne goes to explain everything to her sister. And the long and short of it is that she and Simon will be leaving and maybe forever. The only person that she can trust to look after her and Simon is her because she's done such a bang-up job of it so far. Seriously. They chat about some of the memories from classic Corey and Toya thinks that Nick needs a say in all this. But all that matters for Leanne is Simon's safety. And that is how we end this week's episodes. Hmm. That was quite an exciting end to the... Yeah, yeah. The whole police raid and everything was pretty exciting. I'm glad we got to see one of the police raids we obviously couldn't see the other one because social distancing right we wouldn't have been able to see a police officer put simon on the ground and they stuff. made it look very busy yes i think your mind fills in quite a lot of the blanks there yes. but it was quite a um big guns yeah it was quite not exciting, even just quite you know big deal big scene not even just like pew pew guns revolvers uh, but like big guns assault rifles AR-15s. Semi-automatic. I'm not sure what they were. Seriously. They, 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 
They were super soakers. You don't you don't realize how much you you know internalize the absence of something that you see all the time on shows from your own country until yeah, you usually, see them. Usually, when you see a gun on Corey, the next day Eileen's putting it in a garbage <laughs> bin somewhere on the red wreck, and it's just a wee pew pew. A little pew pew gun. <laughs> a little pew pew. Ah, so uh, so it, is this then? I feel somewhat vindicated in the uh, the theory that Liam was going to die, or um, to my point last week, kind of taking the character as far as she could go. Right. Is she leaving? She and Simon. Or is it she's leaving because? And she'll eventually have to come back. The, the show has been Leanne centric for well, the last year was when right. when Oliver was starting yeah. to get poorly. Right. Two of the biggest storylines have been Leanne. Right. For over a year. Yeah. So she's due a break. Yes. Absolutely. So this feels like this is a good she way to give her a break. She deserves a break. But she's taking Simon with her. Do you think Simon's the only one she's going to take with her? No. Because the next thing is kind of left a little bit up in the air, isn't it? Yeah, it is. But then is he going to be the one to uh, who's starting kind of afresh and starting a new family? Is he going to right? Is he going to give all that up to go and be with Leanne? Right? Is he? Is he? He's gonna? Is he gonna have to make the decision between Leanne and Sam? <gasps> Drama. Well, it's a no-brainer. Let's face it, but. Come on, they're both awful in their own special ways. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. And, I mean, as Leanne points out, just because Harvey's in jail and some of his gang the is in goons. jail, yeah, the goons that doesn't mean that about. he doesn't have people still out on the street who could potentially hurt her and Simon and everyone they love. I'm glad she's finally confessed to Toya, though, because this is, this had started to just really annoy me. Well, there that was no real reason not to. She hasn't told Toya. She hasn't told Nick because she's protecting them. But you know what? You know what, Leanne? That is your real name. God. You know who doesn't know whether or not you've told your sister and your significant other about your involvement in the drug trade? The goons out there who know you are attached to these people. Mm-hmm. And they don't care. They have no idea. And, you know, to hurt you, they will hurt them if they know or if they don't know. That's so, kind of why it would make more sense if Nick was to leave. Yeah. Because of that, because of his connection. Right. He's in danger if he doesn't, basically. Yeah. And that might be the, the, the factor that mm-hmm. that forces him to leave uh, Sam for his own safety. Aww. To make him think about himself. Because yeah. that's going to be a good look. Yeah, so that was the shortened week that was Coronation Street. Yes, it was. Not an awful lot of uh, joy. Not mm-hmm. an awful lot of fun. But a little bit a of little excitement. Bit, a little bit of joy. We had the Nina and Seb stuff. Mm-hmm. That was joyful. And Dev getting taken down. That was hilarious. Peg. That was I, great. And I think we're, we're supposed to find the, the Craig and Faith stuff at least semi-delightful. <sighs> What was your moment of the week? I don't know. What was your moment of the week? Was it Dev getting lifted? <laughs> I 
reckon I think it was because it's a point that we've been. It was my laboring. moment. It was honestly my moment of the week, Dev getting lifted. But I think the show really wants us to pick something like the cops storming out of the car and arresting Harvey, yeah. or yeah. um, or uh, the or, young Al Murray not being embarrassed by tampons. <laughs> no, not tampons. Sanitary napkins. Who calls them sanitary napkins? Is, is that what you call maxi pads in the United Kingdom? Sanitary napkins. I don't call them Th- that. That that feels like you know a title that Something from that a bygone era. Dab the corners with. <laughs> oh, you know, if it was a towel or something that you kind of motioning drying my hair here. Sure. You don't do that with a napkin. Is that what she called them? She, yeah, she said sanitary napkins. And I was like, is this the 1950s? Well, Do you have to buy little garters to go with it to keep it attached? I don't know. So. Anyway. Dev? <laughs> Dev and the anonymous policewoman? People are going to hate us for this. Yeah, they hate us anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's our moment of the week. Boring moment of the week. Craig and Faye getting their hole. It's got to be something with the musicals. Or <laughs> or Craig talking about squirrel parks. And Squ- Faye trying to gently nudge him towards the fact that the house will be empty so mm-hmm. they can get it on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fine. That's a boring moment of the week. Squirrel parks. Is squirrel parks a thing? It does. Everything's a squirrel park. Right. Here. That's, that's yards what, are squirrel park. That's what that's what I'm saying. Like what park is specifically just for squirrels? How do you keep the squirrels in? I don't know. How do you keep the chipmunks out? Right. Have you ever booked a caravan holiday? Looked forward to your caravan holiday, but then never went on your caravan holiday? Tell us about it. We're the talk of the street at gmail.com, which is also our address for Skype. For voicemail on them, PayPal, if you want to chuck a couple of bucks in our virtual tip jar, we're at Corey Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Please check out our merch store and YouTube Please. channel, links to which you can find on our Twitter bio or on the other stuff page of the talk of the street.podbean.com. And if you're so inclined, please leave a rating and a review on the iTunes or on your podcast provider of choice. Thanks for making it to the end of another episode. We'll be back with our probably longer next much, week. Much too long next much, week. Far, far, far too long, far next, too long week. next week. Far too much more of the talk of the street. Bye. Cheerio. Bye.